I scream, you scream, we all scream for quality science fiction and fantasy content. For an extra scoop of sword and lasery goodness, go to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Uh, And today, we're very pleased and lucky to have one of the stars of The Magician's TV show, based on the books by Lev Grossman, Brittany Curran, who plays Fenn. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we are, uh, we're all caught up on, on this current season, although I think there's an episode out tonight. As we're recording, yeah. So As we're going to be behind immediately, yeah. <laughs> so don't, don't, mm, like, I, I want to tell you not to give us any spoilers, but I guess if you have to, for the fans, I understand. I won't oh, be man, too offended. Yeah, there's, there's a good thing that came out tonight. It's going to be so tempting to tell you. <laughs> the last we knew, you were a Foo Fighter. That's as far as we know. <laughs> all right. I know exactly where you are then. <laughs> Stuff has happened since then. Oh no, I can't wait. <laughs> so, so we have to kind of ask, like, were you were you familiar or aware of the books before before you started working on the show? I was, yeah. I was first familiar with the TV show, uh, and then I found out that it was based on books. And I'd always, I mean, I love I love reading. I mean, I got my degree in American literature when I went to college, so I've always been obsessed with books. And one of the things I always wanted to do was play uh, a character or be in a a show or a movie that was based on books. So the second I booked it, I, um, I called up Barnes and Noble and I put the the three books on hold and I immediately went there and bought them and just started reading them. (laughs) So I hadn't read them prior to being cast in the show, but I just started to eat them up right away. Did you ever read C.S. Lewis uh, as a kid? Ah! Yes, I can't believe you asked me that. C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite authors. Actually, my it's hard to say, but if I had to choose my favorite book of all time, it would be Till We Have Faces. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I so, love that you asked that. You, <laughs> We're well, nerds around here. So I was going to say, what's it like living Man. in Narnia then? <laughs> it is. It's, to- it's like an adult version of Narnia, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's- it's amazing. I mean, yeah, like I read the Narnia books growing up and I've, I've read uh, obviously CS, some of C.S. Lewis's other stuff. And so becoming an adult, but then still being able to, you know, entertain that, that the, my childhood and these stories that I grew up in and then be in a story of my own and then be walking around set and pretending <laughs> it's real in my head, even when I'm not filming, is amazing. And yeah, it really is. It's It's kind of like Narnia and Harry Potter and... And then adult themes. <laughs> it's, it's great, too, because in a way, you're almost, oh, this is going to get really, like, tied in knots in my brain. But in a way, because <laughs> Quentin, like, he's living in his, he, he loved these books. Mm-hmm. And then he went to that world and realized it was a lot different than he anticipated. And mm-hmm. now, in a way, you're kind of doing that, too, in a sense. Yeah. Because you, you loved this mystical, magical world of, of C.S. Lewis. And now mm-hmm. you're living in the, the parallel of Fillory. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's such an interesting lesson because, you know, we, we grow up reading these stories. And in a way, we need these stories. It expands your imagination and it makes you be a hopeful person and believe in all these magical things, which I think is, it. you know... 
it makes you a more hopeful adult, I guess. But then when you do become an adult, like you have to realize like everything isn't perfect and magic doesn't solve everything. And so, yeah, so for me, it's awesome. I get to be a part of this world, but at the same time, yeah, it's not all rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. Or it is. It's just there's a twisted thing to the rainbows and unicorns and butterflies. There's also <laughs> some real dark-ass shit going on. <laughs> there is. I know. There's like a cat being turned inside out, which was horrifying. And <laughs> You know, I really feel like I've become, after all the horrible things I've seen on that show, like when the cat thing happened, <laughs> and spoilers, the cat gets turned inside out. Um, I was like, I was like, okay, well, that was awful. Moving on. <laughs> Yeah, my friend Amber, she texted me that night. She's like, girl, I really wanted to watch your show, but after the cat thing, I'm sorry. I can't anymore. I am way too squeamish for that. It was understandable, Amber. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily representative of the show in that cats don't constantly get turned inside out, but other dark things are going to happen, right? That's what I meant to tell her. I meant to, I, I meant to say it's really not that gory the whole time. You yeah. just picked the wrong episode to start with. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Now, I haven't, I unfortunately haven't had the chance to read all three books. I've only read the first, The Magicians. So what do you think of your character on the show versus the representation in the book? Or are you a new character? Uh, Well, I mean, am I allowed to say spoilers about the book? Yes. I mean, they've, okay. As long as you give the warning, that's fine. We did, because we have talked about the books on our show before. Okay, cool. So anyways, um, this is going to be a spoiler for like the next 30 seconds as a warning. Um, I am very glad that my character is not like the character in the books because my character in the books dies after 20 pages. Oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So that was when I read the book. So I started reading the books and I was like, oh, boy, how long am I going to be in this show for? But she's so different from the books. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's a different age. She's almost a completely different character like there's definitely inspirations that are similar like the like what they both believe in is similar i guess um but she's so much different that actually reading fen in the books wasn't super helpful to developing my character just because they're almost entirely different people and that's one of the cool things about the way books are being made into television shows and movies these days mm-hmm. is i feel like people are finding a better way to walk the line between making it different enough that if you've read the books, you still get something new out of it, but what not totally departing from the spirit of the books. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like as a fan, you can kind of enjoy the story twice. Mm-hmm. And and I immediately became a fan. I mean, I got obsessed with the books and the show right when I booked it. I binged the whole first season in like three nights in my hotel room before I started my first day of shooting. And I obviously started reading the books right away. And it was cool because as I was reading the um, the scripts, too, for the se- for season two, I was able to rediscover all these new things because or I was able to kind of revisit things that I had read in the books, which was fun. But then it was still different for me. And I would imagine the fans that have read and watched would feel the same way. Yeah, I think as as a as a viewer and a reader of the of the first book, I actually very much liked how in the first season they kind of combined the first two books, the storylines, yeah. mm-hmm. in a way that made you kind of get to see more of Julia's uh, storyline in particular, um, running in parallel to what what everybody else was experiencing at Breakbills. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was a, a clever bit of storytelling, and I, I'm curious to see how in the future when we get into book three zone, you know, how the seasons will kind of pair up against that. 
Yeah, definitely. And I understand too, you know, of course people get really attached to books as I have in the past with books that have been turned into movies or shows. And so it's, I, I'm sure it's kind of hard to, to let go of exactly what happened in the books because you get so attached to it. But if you're able to get past that and go on a slightly different journey, then it can be enjoyable. <laughs> in, the, in the case of Finn, I remember a point realizing, oh, she's still around, A, eh? and, and also <laughs> like way more interesting uh, than she had been. Uh, and that actually leads me to a question from David in our audience who asked, is it hard to strike a balance between Fenn's naivete regarding Elliot and Earth with her own intelligence? And that's something I like about the, the TV character. Uh, seems like quite the fine line to walk. That's a really good question. Yeah, actually, it's funny. One of the things that was hardest for me going into playing Fenn was she is in the beginning so naive and so innocent. And I haven't really played characters like that before, just personally. Um so at the same time, so she's this girl that her whole life she's known that her destiny is to marry the High King. So she's always had this, um, I, I guess, beyond her years. Like she's always known her destiny. Mm. Um, but then to go into the situation that she knew was going to happen all these years, but then to be totally innocent about it was a little bit difficult. Yeah, and you do. I did have to like ride that line of, of her... Because, you know, Fillory can be a little archaic in certain ways and a little behind the times of here on Earth. <laughs> and so for Fen to kind of go along with all that stuff and go along with her duty, but at the mm. same time, she is an intelligent young woman, was interesting. And I think it made it more interesting, too, for me as an actor. Now that we're partway through season two, she is starting to come into her own more and there's more substance forming for her. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of nice that even though she's sweet and naive, she's finally feeling like she has more of a voice in the castle and among the royalty and she's able to kind of let that out a little bit more. You know, there's some crazy stuff that's going down too and some uh, secret she has to reveal, but... Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she's really kind of giving Elliot a run for his money. I think he probably underestimated her a lot and, and now yeah. I feel, you know, though I don't know what happens in the rest of the season, that he's going to come to see her in a very different kind of way. Oh, yeah, no, I'm glad to hear that. I, I think so, too. I mean, she surprised, as I was reading the script, she surprised me a little bit more. And I really love that she ended up, you know, going more head to head with Elliot. Um, it's funny because as the season progresses, too, there is going to be more stuff that happens between uh, Fen and Margot as well. And that's <laughs> going to become a little more serious. <laughs> Margot Margo is my personal, like one of my favorite characters on the She's show. She's my hero. She's amazing. Yeah. And that's a great example of things like totally changing from the book right. to the show because she wasn't a character in the book. Yeah. She was Janet? Well, she's right? Jan she was, yeah, she Janet. Yeah, Janet-ish. Yeah. And so it kind of like, yeah, it, it, it's and there's been some funny kind of callbacks to mm -hmm. that character name switch. Uh, for yeah. example. Um, but do you have any other uh, other favorites and or, or what characters do you wish you had more screen time with? Yeah, I love, I mean, I love Margot and, and Summer Bischel who plays her in real life. I just love her too. Um, and so when her and I like in certain scenes where we basically just hate each other, I just think it's so funny um, because we don't. <laughs> And you she's have just to so. Act. Yeah. I know I to be an actor, but she's just, it's just those scenes are so funny, and I love how throughout the season she becomes more and more of like a sociopath, <laughs> and she just becomes like so 
full of power but there's so much more to her than that but her character oh god her character cracks me up but i I do wish i had more i mean i love all the stuff i have with um with hale because he's just such an incredible actor and i love i just love him as a person too um but yeah i haven't really had anything yet with uh like quentin and alice and that side of the world i haven't Mm -hmm. really had any scenes with him yet so so yeah, Maybe in the future. <laughs> fingers crossed. I know. I just realized I'm like, oh, what can I say? What can I say? <laughs> and then uh, Ellis on Twitter asks, "How do you see the relationship, the relations between Elliot and Fen?" Um, yeah, the relation. It's 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 interesting because, as I said, like you know, Fen has always known that this would be her duty, marrying the High King, and so to her, it wasn't. It never was going to be love for her. I don't think she ever framed it in her mind as marrying for love, but it was marrying for the sake of Fillory, and Fillory comes first. So I think that's why, you know, she's cool with Elliot pushing her to the side sometimes because she knows that comes with the territory. Um, But that's still difficult because, you know, she's still a person and she still wants to be respected not that Elliot doesn't respect her but like I do think he sees her as just this kind of silly farm girl at times of course now it's starting to change mm-hmm. um but yeah I don't know it's, it's that's a good question too it's it's hard to put into words how I feel about it I also get so defensive about Fen sometimes and and when I don't think Elliot's being nice to her I get all defensive <laughs> about it why well, do <laughs> like I Brittany does know, why did you take him up on the orgy offer I know that I'm so mad at Fen about that. That oh. looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> they brought all all the all the um, background actors that were in that scene. They brought them in. <laughs> Me and Hale were like, "Oh my goodness, they are all gorgeous." <laughs> well done, King Elliot. F- right? Yeah. I he mean, he clearly has great taste. <laughs> do you have like Do you have a, a backstory in your mind for for Fen that's maybe not necessarily talked about too much in the books? Oh, like what um, her life was like, or or. Yeah, just like your own kind of character development for her that that maybe didn't necessarily come from Lev Grossman. Yeah, wow, that's a really good question. I would say I probably need to think about that a little bit more. Um, for me, I think Fen, Fen did, you know, she grew up on a farm and I don't think she was ever, I mean, she's a sit, she's a, um, She's a country girl, you know, mm-hmm. and even though she knew that someday this castle would be her home, to me, Fen always saw that as like it almost didn't feel real. It almost didn't feel like that would be her life, even though she knew logically it would be her life. When it actually happens, it's just so exciting because it's such a departure from everything that she ever. Yeah. So in a way, in a way, um, she's unequipped for it because that's never been uh, her lifestyle. But on the other hand, especially now that we know that she's a Foo Fighter, um, or was a Foo Fighter, actually, mm, now we know right. she's... Oh, great. That's amazing. Ah! Sorry. <laughs> um, we know that she's always been... Like, she knows a lot about Fillory. More than what what would be suggested based off of her naivety. Um, and... There's, you know, a chance down the road that she might come in extra handy because of her, her intelligence about about Fillory. She's yeah. a resource, yeah. yeah. She's a good resource, totally. Yeah, yeah, she is a good resource, and people are gonna realize that more down the road when things start to happen. 
There's so many questions I want to ask about Fenn that you could answer, and I don't want you to because I want to watch <laughs> them unfold. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about what you, Brittany, uh, like to read. What when you're not having to read something for work, what what kinds of things do you like to yeah, read? Do you have even have time to read these days? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I really love. Um, I really love 19th century transcendentalist literature. I'm really obsessed with Henry David Thoreau and Emerson. And I have this thing that I do where I go visit um, the graves of my favorite authors and I like bring a book and I read a passage and then I like leave a note for them that and kiss so their grave. Goth. Not that I'm a weirdo. <laughs> You're you're among friends here. I'm sure there's people in the audience who are nodding along like, yeah, that sounds great. Leaves of grass while laying on grass. Perfect. Love it. Right? Yeah, actually, I did. I have visited Walt Whitman's grave and read a passage from Leaves of Grass. That's perfect. (laughs) I know people are either liking me more or being really terrified by my my habits. You're among friends good i feel like you guys understand but yeah i love that i love jack kerouac um i've visited his grave um in the middle of the night when it was snowing and there was oh, no wow. one around that probably wasn't the safest um choice but very kerouac make. yeah and super, right? still super goth <laughs> it's funny i never thought about myself as being goth and now i kind of like this lit goth yeah <laughs> lit goth yeah I, I like that but yeah i mean those are kind of my main my main guys in louisa may alcott um so I, I like that. I like Civil War literature, too, quite a bit. You're like now um, Tom's best friend, by the way. You have supplanted <laughs> me as being Tom's best friend. Sometimes. He's like, this is, that's awesome. Wonderful. My plan has fallen into place. <laughs> well, it, I mean, you've mentioned your favorite authors, it, it seems like. Do you have one that you hold above the others or, or is it a, a group? A group effort. That's a good question. I would say... Oof, that's I guess I question. hold. I don't even know if I could ever answer that. Yeah, that's why I put it that way because it, usually I would say name your favorite authors, but we kind of got that. I, I didn't know if yeah. there's if there's one that you have like a, a porcelain bust of on your desk or something. Like that. <laughs> oh my god! Actually, my boyfriend has little figurines of scientists, so oh, nice. <laughs> it's kind of similar. Yeah, <laughs> not quite a bust, but it's the closest uh-huh. thing we have. Um, God, maybe it would be Henry David Thoreau. It goes between him and Kerouac for me, honestly. Those are mm-hmm. like my two main ones. Actually, I went to Walden Ponds a few years ago, and there happened to be um, a historian slash impersonator that was there that was being Henry David Thoreau. And we went on a walk around the pond with a group of people. But then at one point, him and I were just kind of chatting, and he found out how much of a nerd I was about Thoreau. And he totally propositioned me to go skinny dipping in Walden Pond. <laughs> during the summer god that's so (laughs) rad it was amazing i was single at the time i i still said no but it was still amazing (laughs) i feel like you're gonna remember that as like being one of those what if scenarios (laughs) what if me and henry (laughs) yeah because you're you're a massachusetts girl right I am, yeah. That's part of the reason why I kind of gravitate towards these Massachusetts writers. But yeah, I I lived there till I was eleven. Yeah, I'm a Connecticut girl, so I I understand oh, cool. the uh, the East Coast vibes. Are you still living on that side of the country, or are you in LA full time? I live in LA full time now, but I do try to go back at least once a year. I'd like to go back more. 
Uh, is there any other projects you can tell us about that you're working on? Or is it pretty just pretty much just the magicians at this point for the foreseeable future, hopefully? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Fingers crossed for next season. Um, I do. I do have two other movies right now um, that are coming out. There's one called The Man from Earth, which is actually um, a science fiction movie. It's it's the second one to the first one that came out about 10 years ago. Mm. Um, and so that's coming out sometime this year. And then the, this other movie I did is a horror movie called Captured. And mm. I actually finally just saw a cut of that one at a screening last week. And that's coming out later this year too. And I'm like this punk rock singer in the, that with tons of tattoos. And I was way cooler in that movie than I am in my real life, but <laughs> oh, the man from earth. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's the 14,000 year old man yes. who teaches in Northern California. Got it. Yes. Yeah. That's it. So you're in the man from earth Holocene, which is the next. Which step. is the next one. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah awesome. I'm one cool. of his students. Yeah. That was super fun. That's so great. both those are coming out. I'm not, I, I think they're both coming out this year. You know, it's never final until it's final. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you do you feel like you're leaning towards any particular genre? I mean, now that you've done you've done fantasy, you've done sci-fi, you've done horror. Is there something in particular that you like doing? God, that's a good question. I I kind of like doing everything. I mean, fa- like the fantasy stuff definitely has a special place in my heart, just because. You know, grow up, growing up reading Narnia and watching Disney princess movies and <laughs> wanting to be a princess my whole life still. Um, now you are. You're a queen now. And now I'm a, I know I'm a queen. It's the best thing ever. Uh, and I live in a castle. Ah. It's so cool. Um, so that always, I, I really love that. And I've always loved period pieces too, which kind of sometimes have a fantasy element to them. I don't know. I love everything. But right now I'm definitely excited about being a princess in a fantasy show <laughs> or a print queen. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people follow all of your your musings online? Thank you. Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter. My name is just uh, just my name, Brittany Curran. Uh, and then on Instagram, it's official Brittany Curran. Um, it's because someone took my name and mm. I, official was the only thing. I hope it doesn't squatters. sound too douchey. I know. How dare they? How dare they have the same name as me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I'm on Facebook, too. I think that one's just Brittany Curran and Snapchat. I never remember my Snapchat name. I think it's I'm Brit Kerr. Wow, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I can't even remember my Snapchat name. <laughs> but I'm awesome. mostly on Twitter and Instagram. And there's still new episodes of The Magicians coming out uh, week to week, which is great. We've got, we're about halfway through the season now. Yeah, I think, was this, was it episode six tonight? Yeah, I think Thanks. we're almost exactly yep. halfway through the season. That's crazy. I don't want it to end. I, was I know, me sad. too. <laughs> I, I need like I have like like my six shows that I watch and Magicians is one of them and I was so happy oh. because my husband is not a reader of sci-fi fantasy stuff the way that I am and yeah. so it's kind of hard to convince him to get on board with a show if he knows it's based on a sci-fi fantasy book but he's yeah. watching The Magicians and he's watching The Expanse so I feel oh. like I really won this year yes sci-fi sci-fi is killing it for me it's awesome. Oh, I love it. Yay. I'm glad you're getting him on board. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us. And yeah, we're, we're real excited to see where, where Finn goes in the world of Fillory and potentially Earth. Who knows? Awesome. Thanks, you guys. This was so fun.
And as always, our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you to all the folks who back our show. Uh, you can support the show by heading over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Uh, we'll throw a couple links to Kerouac and Henry David Thoreau up there this week. Find links to the books we talk about on the show and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. You can send us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 4157-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Bye. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.